Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey. And we have Christian Ertz. What is that? Uh, do you want to lead off with a uh, brief apology for last week? We all we're all busy. It's the summertime. We we're all working, so we weren't able to find some time in our schedule to put an episode out last week. So we do apologize for that. But we're back. We we have a lot to cover tonight, and uh, I want to begin with something that did happen a while ago, but I think it's still a little bit relevant. Is uh, the Supreme Court, which we don't talk politics on here at all because this is a sports show, but this was involving sports. And in a rare uh, thing, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled against the NCAA as it regards to the name, image, and likeness. And it basically put up to the states. I know Kentucky was one of the uh, first states after the NCAA and the Supreme Court decision. Kentucky, our home state that we live in, announced that they will allow their athletes to profit off name, image, and likeness. And I think it's great because they basically said that any other business model this would not work. This would violate tons of antitrust laws. And again, I'm no law expert, but this is, again, any other business, this would look very suspicious that this is their model. And I'm happy they're allowing the athletes to finally, you know, profit off themselves and, you know, in order and make a living. Cause, you know, college is a prime earning potential for like some of the smaller athletes. I see smaller, but they're all D1 or D2 athletes, wherever they're playing. And regardless of where you're playing, it, whatever sport you're playing, college is a peak earning potential time period for you. So I'll throw it over to Dolan. Just uh, your quick thoughts when you saw the decision. I think it was about two weeks ago now. Um, well, um, I, I'm not shocked. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's – I spent I spent time really know like this. I mean, I'm good either way. Um, I guess now we don't have to worry like don't have to hear stories about athletes like not having enough money to buy themselves groceries or what have you. Um, putting like you know not having enough food or enough anything to. Uh, keep themselves keep themselves in shape or um, you know healthy enough to keep playing their sport um, they're staying on top of their eating habits and you know um, doing what they're supposed to do uh, I hear stories all the time about how like different athletes like didn't couldn't couldn't afford certain things like they couldn't afford a candy bar. I don't know. Like it's, it was really shocking though. Cause you know, you would think like, even though they were going to school basically for free, they still didn't have um, money to do other things um, when they weren't playing their respective sports. So yeah, I mean, eventually this was going to happen. Um, I can't say, I, you know, really on either side here just more of in the middle and uh yeah it should be it's it's nice it's nice yeah. christian your uh, takeaway from the supreme court's decision regarding athletes and name image and likeness uh i think this is big you know we've had for the last several years uh kind of like don alluded to i mean a lot of stories about you know players i mean 
the NCAA has always talked about how uh, their athletes are getting, you know, a free, you know, a free education, but nothing to, you know, nothing to really, I mean, they're putting their bodies on the line for their sport and they're taking a lot of time out of their education, really, for some, uh, some teams or some sports. They're putting more time in their sport instead of their education, and yet, you know, they're not getting any benefits for it. They don't get any benefits, you know, for, let's just say, Lamar Jackson. You know, we're all from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Lamar Jackson, one of the great quarterbacks right now in the NFL, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NCAA uh, back in uh, 20, what was it, 17? Uh, I think he, the Heisman was in 2016, but he was in college at that time. I was, was going to say, well, I think, didn't he get drafted in 2018 now? So yeah, it was the same as Baker's class. Yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, 2018. So 2016, 2017, he was really high-profile guy, and he didn't receive a single penny but everyone wore a Louisville jersey or a Louisville shirt with a number eight on the back of it. It never said Jackson. It said like Cardinals or Louisville or whatever. You know, Lamar didn't receive any benefits of it. And now what you're getting is, you know, let's stay on the topic for Louisville. If you get, you know, uh, Malik Cunningham, the quarterback, or um, Monte Montgomery, you know, you're getting a lot of these, you know, high-profile players on their team, and they can get an endorsement deal for, like, Adidas, or they can get, you know, a commercial for a local, you know, local business uh, and receive money from it. Um, you know, because they are working, you know, they're employees for the NCAA, but at the same time, you, get, you, can, you can get some benefits from using your name, image, and likeness. Um you know, back a couple months ago, it was announced about the new NCAA game. Well, it got canceled for a while because of the name, image, and likeness stuff. And all these college players were on this game, but yet they couldn't receive any benefits of it. So I- I'm just glad for the player aspect that they are finally having uh, the chance to get additional benefits uh, from playing their sport for their uh, respective colleges. Yeah, it's going to change the NCAA for the uh, foreseeable future, but I think it's for the better, at least. Um, I just saw something scrolling across my uh, timeline on Twitter that uh, the College World Series was slated to start tonight, but they are currently in a weather delay. Uh, College World Series between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State this year. Uh, Mississippi State got there by winning some games. Uh, unfortunately, Vanderbilt... Um, well, not unfortunate for Vanderbilt, but they made it because NC State, unfortunately, they had uh, some players test positive for COVID. So uh, they had a rule of game, no contest. Similar to what we saw in the NCAA tournament, we had VCU, unfortunately, had a withdrawal from their get tournament because of a positive COVID test. And it's an unfortunate situation. And again, I don't know the right answer. It's all new to us still, uh, still months in. But, I mean, it's not Vandy's fault. It is unfortunate for NC State that this had to happen that way. Um, uh, quick predictions. I got Vandy. I've said Vandy since the beginning was my team to win it all. Uh, I think it goes to three, though. Dalton, how do you see Vandy, Mississippi State going down? Um, it's going to be interesting because Vandy's, Vandy's uh, pitching is really, really outstanding. But Mississippi State has had, I would think, it's a harder road. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and pick Vandy to uh, win in three games. Uh, Christian, so. do you have any prediction for how do you see the College World Series going this year? Um, I mean, mainly, I mean, we can all agree, like, Vanderbilt has been one of the, you know, kind of like the Alabama of uh, baseball. You know, they're always, like, one of those top teams, uh, very, very talented in the baseball and the college baseball realm. Um, and, yeah, I think we're all kind of, you know, slated with Vanderbilt. You know, they're, you know, very consistent on, you know, on their pitching and their uh, hitting. So, they're, I think they're always a front runner on any college, you know, any college World Series. So, I got them this year as well. Yeah, and, I mean, just a heads up, Vandy, because of last year's cancellation, is still the defending champions in college baseball since they won in 2019. So, Vandy going for their third championship, Mississippi State going for their first ever in program history. And a w- little bit of thing, tying it back to – I don't want to just always tie back to local, but if there is a local connection, I will point it out. Chris Lamona is the head coach for Mississippi State, was at one point an assistant at the University of Louisville, and he was head coach of Indiana um, from 2015 to 2018 before taking a Mississippi State job. So a little bit of a local connection there. Um, other news around the sports world, uh, NFL today, uh, receiver Demarius Thomas officially announced his retirement from the NFL. You know, he had a tremendous career with the Denver Broncos. Most notable, One of his more notable plays was in, uh, the, in a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, uh, when Tebow was still the quarterback for Denver, first play over time, Tebow to Demarius Thomas, 80-yard touchdown bomb. Uh, Thomas got traded to Houston in 2018. He played in New England for, like, preseason, then played, like, week one that was traded away to the New York Jets after only a week. I don't know if he actually played the game for the Patriots. I don't remember him sitting up there. But he was on the roster for uh, training camp and whatnot. Finished his career. Uh, with the Jets in 2019, did not play last year. He wasn't in on a roster. Uh, it's just officially his national retirement. Some career uh, achievements, you know, won a Super Bowl with Denver, Super Bowl 50. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-team, second-team All-Pro back in 2013 and 2014. Um, just, like, again, tremendous career. He's 33 years old, so just um, best of luck in retirement to him, wherever uh, he decides to pursue, whether it be, a, you know, broadcasting career, an analyst career. Or just, you know, take time off, spend it with his family. Whatever he decides, best of luck to him in retirement. Um, I'll go Christian first. Your uh, Just your rea- thoughts and reaction to Demarius Thomas news this morning. Um, yeah, Demarius Thomas for a good moment was one of the better, uh, you know, arguably, you know, top five, top ten wide receiver uh, during, you know, his time from, you know, 2013, 2016. Uh, he was, you know, that was really his prime uh, years. You know, with Denver, um, you know, with Peyton Manning, with Tim Tebow, you know, he was, you know, he was really the number one guy for Denver for the last several years, uh, you know, before, you know, after the Peyton Manning, um, you know, leaving and retiring after Super Bowl 50. Um, And again, you know, he was kind of had bumps in the road, you know, a little with Houston, a little with New York um, and kind of in and out, but he really never step back up, you know, to the plate really as he did, you know, like I said, 2013-2016. Um, but yeah, he wanted to retire Bronco. He, you know, he won a championship there. He was, you know, kind of an icon receiver-wise. 
you know, Eric Decker, Wes Welker. Um, you know, for a moment, these three guys were, you know, the, one of the better receiving cores, you know, for a minute in the NFL. So, you know, glad he retired. Uh, you know, he's retiring to Bronco. And, yeah, maybe if he does turn analyst or turn, you know, kind of like Brandon Marshall, turn analyst, turn a coach, you know, or just, you know, like chilling with his family and just going off in the sunset. Um, you know, he, he had a really good career. Uh, hopefully he does get in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's probably not a first ballot guy, but, you know, absolutely I think he's good enough to make the Hall of Fame uh, later on down the line. So, and just congratulations to him for all of his accomplishments and just have, have a happy retirement. Yeah. Dolan, uh, you, any other thoughts on DeBarris Thomas? I mean, he was – that's that's pretty much my only memory of him is that catch against Pittsburgh in the playoff game. I remember watching that game. And, um, I mean, that was, that was pretty amazing with that self. But, I mean, the guy – I mean, the guy was the number one for, for a while there. And – um I mean, really, we didn't even see him. I mean, we saw him flash with with Tebow, but I thought that his coming out party was with Manning. I mean, but Peyton makes everybody better. So, um, yeah. Peyton, I mean, Demarius is a great player without Peyton, but Peyton, like, like pretty much brought his brought his, brought his game to another level. Uh, and he elevated everybody yeah. throughout his career. Yeah, exactly, and uh, so. I mean, he finished with 9,000 yards, 63 touchdowns, um, 724 catches. Um, didn't really have time to, to put that up against all the other Hall of Fame wide receivers, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, like, you know, gets gets some votes, you know, just, just some. But yeah, I'm looking at uh, the Super Bowl stat line. Uh, and you, we all remember Peyton Manning was on his last leg, basically, so he didn't throw it. He wasn't efficient. So Demarius only had one catch for eight yards in uh, the Super Bowl 50 game. So, I mean, that's unfortunate. That's one uh, – actually, he was on the roster in 2013. But either way, he, he still got a ring and was a big part of that team. So nothing to take away from there. Um, I'll take over for a bit doing hockey news. Then we'll go to racing with Dalton in a second. Um, NHL and the Stanley Cup Finals starts tonight. It's the uh, Montreal Canadiens, which they were, of the 16 playoff teams that qualify this year, they were the 16th best team in terms of record and points. They were, as actually at someone pointed out, they were the 18th best team if you take every single team in the league. Of course, this year was a really weird year with the NHL. So, and playoff, playoff hockey is always weird. But the Canadians advanced to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with hockey, the Canadians, you can essentially say they're like the New York Yankees because they have 23 championships. I know the Yankees have 27 in baseball. But the Canadians have the most, but they also haven't been like the Canadians. Like I said, 93 was the last time they made the Cup. So not in our lifetimes, at least. Um, also of note, it's the third straight year that an interim head coach has made it to the Stanley Cup final. We had a couple of years ago the St. Louis Blues, who, you know, they had the worst record, was well documented. And uh, like early January that year, they fired their coach and they go on a magical run. Unfortunately, beat my Bruins that year. Last year, the Dallas Stars, you know, same situation. They didn't win it at all. They lost to the Lightning, which being Lightning, that's the other team who's in it this year. 
Uh, one thing before I go to the Lightning, with the Canadians, their head coach actually, or their interim coach, as I should say, he tested positive for COVID. So he was even on the in the bench for the last few games of that series where they, uh, you know, shocked Vegas and, you know, advanced to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, the Lightning, um, they are in it for the second straight year, looking to repeat. We haven't seen a repeat. Well, actually, we saw one a couple years ago. I was going to go. We haven't seen one in a long time, but it was uh, the Penguins repeated back in 2016 and 2017. Um, other news around the NHL, the Seattle Kraken, who are set to expand and join the league this uh, for the upcoming season, have announced Dave Hextall is their uh, head coach. Don't know much about him. He used to be the coach for the – I looked this up. He used to be the coach for the Flyers. Uh, was in Toronto the last couple of years as an assistant coach. Before that, he actually was an NCAA hockey coach with North Dakota. So he actually made a NCAA hockey to Stanley uh, NHL jump, which we see a lot more in other sports, but I don't think it has much in hockey. Um, then earlier today – they announced that next year's All-Star Game will take place in uh, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So, congratulations, Vegas. You've got an All-Star Game, finally. Um, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, actually, I want to real quick in my prediction for the Stanley Cup playoff for the uh, championship. I know I was wrong last time. I said uh, Knights in four and it ended up being Canadians in six. I said Lightning in five and it ended up going to seven. Uh, so I'm probably going to be wrong here, but something just tells me that Carey Price is going to get his first championship. So I'm going to go Montreal Canadiens and six for my Stanley Cup final prediction. Uh, news and notes for the week. Okay. Uh, all right. So since we didn't go last week, uh, we'll have to go back a couple races. But since May 30th, um, well, excuse me, uh, we're going to start with NASCAR first and then go to F1. Um with NASCAR, just some notes, just some news and notes or whatever. Um, May 30th, we had the Cup Series at Charlotte. Carl Larson won that. And then um, fast forward, um, we had Sonoma, which last time we were on, uh, that was the uh, race that was up. Carl Larson won that, which was the second straight. Then we went to All-Star, All-Star. Um, and then Nashville, 20th. Carl Larson's won his third straight race. He's on fire right now. Um, see, this past weekend we had we had the the, the um, Cup Series at Pinoco, uh, three twenty five and three fifty. Uh, for those of you who don't know, three twenty five is just the distance, and three fifty. So, um, just you know, I just want to clear that up. Um, and then so Kyle Larson did get his fourth straight win, actually. In first, followed by Kyle Busch, and then William Byron, and the three twenty-five, and then the three fifty. Uh, Kyle Busch came in at first, and then Kyle Larson came in at second. Um, uh, and then that was pretty much it for that race. Uh, coming up uh, this weekend, we have NASCAR Series at uh, Road America. Uh, that should be a good one. I'm I'm that this weekend, um, even though Kyle Larson has had um, the hot streak as of late, but I think that he's going to win. Um, should be interesting to see. Road America is in Wisconsin, um, so I think it's I think it's going to be a pretty pretty nice race. Standings. I'm just going to do some quick standings real quick. Denny Hamlin's still in first. 
with 600 or 761 points. Kyle Larson's in second um, with 759. Those are our top two um, scores. And then Byron Lagan and Kyle Bush. That's pretty unintended between two two uh, NASCAR drivers uh, as of late. Okay. Um, moving on to Formula One. Um, let's see. French Grand Prix, okay, the weekend of the 20th. Max Verstappen came in and went ahead and won that, um, followed by Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez. Uh, really, I'm not surprised here. Verstappen's had a – from what I've been watching, he's – he this, this would have been like his third or fourth race in a row, just – uh, absolutely demolishing the uh, demolishing the opponents. Um, if it wasn't for uh, his back tire blowing on the last lap at Azerbaijan, um, he would have he would have absolutely killed it. Um, Lewis Hamilton always seeming to come in come in last uh, or come in second. Excuse me, if you ain't first, you're last. But uh, Moving on, uh, this past weekend we had the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, that came out to be literally the same thing uh, with Formula One. You got to realize that there's only a couple, a couple drivers that are really, really, really good. Everybody else is just middle of the road. So we had Max Verstappen come in first, and then Lewis Hamilton came in second. Uh, Valtteri Bottas came in third, and Sergio Perez came in fourth. Uh, Lando Norris rounding out the top five. And so uh, this weekend, we have the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, the, the defending champion is Valtteri Bottas, uh, we, which he actually finished top five this past weekend. Uh, so we'll see if he can defend his crown and finish in first again. Or finish in top five, at least. All right, uh, moving on to our standings, we have Verstappen. With 156 points, uh, Hamilton with 138, and then everybody else is, is just in the double digits, man. Perez with 96, um, just to round out the top three. And then Constructors, I'm not surprised here. Red Bull is 552 points, Mercedes with 212, McLaurin with 120, Ferrari with 108, and then everybody else. It's, I mean, AlphaTauri, 46, Aston Martin, 44, Alpine, 31. Alpha Romeo with two to round out the top eight. But, yeah, it's not surprising here. Red Bull is definitely leading. I mean, Max Verstappen is – he's a, he's a beast. Uh, I, I really haven't come up with a quick comparison yet just for people who haven't kept it, kept up with a little bit. But um, once I come up with a comparison, it will be really easy for you guys to, to catch on. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much – that's pretty much all the updates there. Uh, Going to be a pretty, pretty interesting weekend um, as far as racing is concerned. Any uh, Tour de France news? I don't know how much you've been watching of Vex. I mean, that is racing still. It's cycling. I didn't um, know if you were watching. The only thing I saw was that collision that happened with that one fan side. That's the only yeah, Tour de France yeah. thing I saw. Yeah, this uh, spectator. Well, hit, yeah. Uh, apparently, like. Apparently there was like a crash and um, let me see a massive crash 
after let's see oh my gosh yeah that's the only thing i saw that's terrible keeping up i mean i was i was definitely not keeping up with cycling i was more staying (laughs) with the carts and uh the cars but um yeah no that terrible oh my gosh uh i mean lance armstrong has been racing in years so i have no interest in the tour de france yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I really, I haven't really kept up with it since, yeah, since Lance Armstrong really hasn't. I mean, he was really the face of cycling there. For a while, so, I'm pretty sure I can speak for everyone. I mean, you just said it perfect, perfectly, Spence. Like, you know, Lance Armstrong. I mean, Before we were really mentions. just watching it because of him for a little bit there, um, but yeah. It's going to be a pretty interesting weekend for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick ad break and then come back with uh, NBA news. We have a lot of uh, news and notes regarding the NBA. So don't go away. Welcome back from the ad break. And uh, we're going to begin with some news. This was a uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, at this time. But again, this is, again, this is an important trade. Well, it's not really important, but it's the only trade that's taken place. And it involves two of our, uh, th- two of the three of our favorite teams. It was the Celtics and the Thunder, uh, who made a trade. The Celtics traded away Kimball Walker and the 16th pick in the NBA draft this year for, uh, you know, bringing back Al Horford to Boston. And uh, Moses Brown came over. I think it was also a second round pick that may have gone one way or the other. Um, uh, before we go to the two of us, Dalton and I. Uh, I've, we haven't gone to Christian a bit. It's been a while since Christian's talk, so I'll give Christian the yeah. uh, spotlight. And he's a neutral observer. He doesn't have a cheering uh, or any interest one way or another. So I just want Christian's uh, thoughts on the trade from a neutral perspective. Um, I I was really shocked. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I knew Boston was going to have to do, you know, something to try and shake up uh, this roster and this team. You know, I did not think Brad Stevens' first move would be, yeah, let's trade away, you know, uh, you know, a really good point guard who, you know, decided to come to your team in free agency and thought that they could win a championship there, and you trade him away for Al Horford, who left in free agency. Or did he leave or did he get traded as well? He he left because Philly gave him more money, essentially. <laughs> That's where the bad deal came in. Okay, I forget about that. But, you know, you get Al Horford. And that was probably one of the biggest things Boston was missing was a a good big guy in Al Horford. And um, it will be really interesting to see who replaces Kimball Walker because, you know, we may talk about the Dane story later on. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of rumors with Boston may go after Damian Lillard, after – uh, Portland uh, signed Chauncey Billups. So if Boston somehow can get Dame, Dame, Jason Tatum, that's a pretty, that's pretty good. That'd be a great duo. I, I'd be a fan. Be a I, I, like, I like that duo better than you know Dame and CJ right now, just because I mean two guard, you know, you know one and two guards, you know, like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. It, I mean, it's really good, but you gotta have a good wing. Jason Tatum's that kind of guy. And you got to have, like, a decent big. Al Horford's that guy. You know, he's 31, 32 years old. He can still play real well. He can get you, you know, 15 a night possibly. But from a neutral standpoint, 
I thought it was really shocking. Um, you know, before we never saw first round picks ever be touched by Boston ever like they they have them all up and then they just never use them or they trade them for like little bitty second round picks or something. Uh, and the fact that they traded Kemba in the 16th overall pick and um, like a 2025 pick, you know, to get Al Horford, to get Moses Brown, uh, to get, I think, like a, another second round pick in a couple of years. Um, like, I thought, like, I thought uh, OKC really won this deal, honestly, because you're giving up, you know, you get a first and a really good point guard, Kemba Walker. And you're losing Kimber Walker. And you're losing. Yeah, that's one. Oh, I, I just heard myself back. I was like, huh? Oh, gosh. Um, I thought it was stolen, but I didn't know. I, yeah, I, thought, like, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I, I heard that. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, OKC kind of wins this deal because you know, they get a good point guard. They get a first-round pick who, I mean – a first, like a mid first round pick in the NBA is kind of like a rotation player, um, you know, an NBA kind of, you know, in draft kind of way. So they get a rotation player with the 16th pick or possibly move that to get something else. And Kemba Walker, who, you know, could be like a Chris Paul type dude, um, you know, type player from two years ago. So I think, um, uh, I think OKC definitely wins this trade. Uh, I can totally see that perspective because I mean Al Horford has been considered a bad contract guy. But I just think that Brad loved Al Horford a lot, and Horford's contract. And one of the things in the press conference that Brad had a while back explaining the trade was it gave him cap flexibility because Walker's owed $36 million, uh, so it was about $8.5 million, I think. It was, it was approximately $8.5 million, so it was more to free up roster space. And, you know, Kimba's knees are unfortunately deteriorating to a point where Brad didn't think he could be as effective going forward. Uh, Moses Brown, I don't know much about him, except for the fact that his one game that he decided to be really good last year was against the Celtics, he exploded for 19 rebounds in the first half, finished the night with 21 points, 23 rebounds. Um, again, I'm optimistic. As, like involving my, involving my favorite team, I'm usually optimistic. So I like the trade. I figured it was coming soon. I didn't know Kim would be dealt this early. But at the end of the day, it, made, it just made sense to uh, trade away the piece we got. So uh, I'll go to Dalton for a second. Dalton, your uh, reaction to the trade news. Um, bro, I was shocked. I was shocked just because, like, the morning when you texted me, uh, I was, like, I was just on my way to work. And, uh, like, you had texted this thing into our chat, and Christian was like, what the heck is going on? And I looked at it. I was like, we traded for Kemba? Like, why do we – we traded – we traded who? Like – I looked at the trade and it was like we traded. What did we trade? We traded a. Uh, we traded Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a second round pick. And I was like, man, that's good for us, except for the fact that we got rid of Moses Brown. Like Moses Brown, is shining so bright. His potential is so bright. I need like a big old fat thing of sunglasses just to keep my eyes from burning. 
Um, I mean, I, I don't really expect the Thunder to have Kimball Walker for more than a year. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's just a, it's just a pit stop for Kimba. I think Sam's going to move him. So when I say Sam, uh, the Thunder, I think he's just going to move on to another team, to a contender. I don't think we're contending anytime soon. And I'm okay with that, you know. If we're going to rebuild, we might as well rebuild right. Um, I'm not saying trust the process, but, you know, like let's get some good pieces in there, some players who can play. And, um, you know, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that Sam's going to pull, uh, you know, drafting three future Hawks. And have them all play on the same team, but I, I you know, I think, I think that if the, you know we can get a solid squad within, you know, a year or two. I think I think this year, uh, especially sixteenth over, the eighteenth from Miami. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, and you know the draft lottery doing what doing doing what they always do. Uh, they didn't want Sam to control the league for the next fifteen years, so they gave him the sixth overall pick. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as long as we get on all our draft picks, have a good free agency, I think we can have a solid squad, but I don't think Kemba stays for, for another year. I think trading Al Horford back to Boston. I mean, he enjoys Boston. Boston loves him. Uh, I think I think that was good for him. And Moses, uh, Spence, you guys got a pretty good center. Moses Brown is – I mean, if you use him – I mean, if you use him well like this – that's a, that's. I mean, that guy's gonna have a lengthy career. Uh, I mean, he he's he can run like a deer, and he's seven foot two, grabs all the rebounds. You know, Moses Brown and Taco Fall put him in the middle. Nobody's scoring inside baskets. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, his defense could use a little work, but other than that, I mean, he's he's just as he's he's about maybe probably you know, pretty raw. Uh, I could use a developed jump shot, but other than that, his, his potential is pretty high, like I've said. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really looking to, you know, usually I would be like, oh, Sam Presti has finessed him again. No, I mean, not not really for this one. It's more of just a – do both sides get what they need? Um, and I think really Boston's in a different situation than OKC is. And, you know, I think both sides realize that. And, you know, they just had to, you know, help each other out. So, um, I would say probably a good trade for both sides. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as that. Um, speaking of Boston, we're going to stay on there just because those are the first one that was announced. Although it wasn't, a, they didn't officially announce the hire until today uh, when they had the press conference. But the first one that like Woj broke essentially was Celtics hiring Ime Udoka. From he, he has been an assistant coach in the league for quite some time. He was with the uh, San Antonio Spurs from 2012 to 2019 after playing there from 2010 to 2011 to finish his career off. He also spent time there from 07 to 09. Uh, he was again, under Popovich, spent a year in Philadelphia. Then this past season was an assistant coach with the Brooklyn Nets. So he just apparently likes the Atlantic division going from Philly to Brooklyn to Boston. Um, essentially, but uh, I like the hire a lot. I didn't know much going in. I heard his name thrown around as, you know, one of the names, up-and-coming names to watch. He's definitely going to land a head coaching gig this offseason. 
Um, and I think Boston, it was it was great for at least from the Celtics perspective and me as a fan that we were the first team that got the head coach commitment. And essentially, we got our guy, and he made Doka want to go to Boston. It was a match that both sides wanted, and they came to agreement on. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. He's very defensive-minded from what I've heard. And, you know, he's, as I said, he spent time in San Antonio under Popovich where, you know, they had Duncan. Pop was the head coach. They had Kawhi Leonard as he was developing in his career. Spent time in Philadelphia where he had Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. This year in Brooklyn, the big three. So he has coached superstars. And now he has Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who are early 20s, still developing in their career. Um, So he has history working with superstar players, which I think is important. And also Brad Stevens consulted with, you know, as I said, Tatum Brown. But even Marcus Smart was consulted when it came. And those three guys were on Team USA in the World Basketball Championship in 2019 where Udoka was an assistant coach on there. So the team had some familiarity with the guys. So I I was very excited when I saw the news. I was my first guy. Like I said, I wanted Becky Hammond when they, when I first found out that Brasty was no longer going to coach the team. I'm not disappointed in the hire. I'm going to love it. I'm excited to see what the future holds for the uh, Celtics. Uh, Dolan, your reaction to uh, Ime Udoka going to the Celtics? I mean, I thought that it was a good hire. Um, you know, I'm not sure this is now the Boston Celtics have hired multiple former uh, San Francisco uh, college basketball players to be their head coach, if you know what I mean, Spence. Yeah, Bill Russell back um, in the day as a player coach. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I think that this is a good hire, like I said, and, um, you know, really – yeah, I mean, really being under Greg Popovich, I think that was huge. Um, the fact that the fact that he was on the Lakers squad in '04 uh, with Kobe, I'm sure he learned a few things there. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to see, you know, what he does with this roster. Um, yeah, uh, I think. But I'm I don't know. Um I don't think he's gonna struggle because I think that he, you know I think that he's probably I think he's probably pretty he's pretty smart that he can you know, coach pretty well. Um but I don't know, man, Boston Boston's a whole nother compared to I don't know, being in Portland and you know, San Antonio and I mean Boston and Philly, like you Brad Stevens might be the exception, but you gotta like if you got talent to win now, you better win now. Or it's gonna be like they're they're gonna they're they will let you know if you're not doing your job correctly. So I mean that's my only I don't know, that's the one thing I hope doesn't happen, but uh that's I would look out for. Yeah, Christian, your uh, takeaways from the Celtics head coaching hire. Um, well, you know they were, the, you know, like you said, uh, they were the first team to get their head coaching hire. Uh, both sides, you know, like you said, you know, they wanted to be, uh, you know, he wanted to coach in Boston. Boston wanted him, and um, to me, this is the, to me, this is like the best 
coach I think available. You know, I even though I can't pronounce his name because God, I can't pronounce names at all. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm gonna say he was definitely probably the top. You know, him, Chauncey Phillips, Becky Hammond. Uh, those three people are probably the top head coaching candidates. Uh, of course, the Rick Carlisle, we may get to that. That's the most shocking because I didn't think Dallas was going to, you know, let him walk and stuff like that. Oh, I know he wanted to, but at the same time, I didn't expect that. Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. Yeah, but with Boston, I mean, this is the best of the seven teams that, have, that had a head coach uh, vacancy. Boston, to me, it goes Boston and Portland. Those are the top two teams – I would say are in almost more of a win now mode than everything else because Washington's rebuilding. New Orleans is still trying to get something with Zion. Um, you know, Indiana is just a middle of the road team, you know, but, but Boston and Portland, if you know, you add a few more pieces, if you get, you know, one more guy or one more superstar, they, they can seriously contend in the East and West respectively. Uh, but for Boston, this is huge, and I I'm looking forward to it. You know, I want to see Boston go in free agency. This is a more packed free agency than the last couple of years, but I expect Boston to go um, a little bit further uh, next season because you know Philly they may go back because of the whole Ben Simmons situation. Um, Milwaukee, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, Atlanta's going to be good. You know, uh, Miami, pray to God, they get better. Like, I, I still think Boston could still be a contender if they add a couple more pieces and could be a very interesting team. For Spencer, I'm loving this for you, man. I absolutely think uh, Boston is heading in the right direction with this. Brad Stevens, in my opinion, he hit a home run. Uh, with his first, you know, GM kind of, um, you know, not not job, but like his main, his first main uh, speed bump was to hire head, you know, hire head coach, and he did, you know, he had a home run with this. So yeah, I, and the thing I, is, the ownership group has been very loyal to guys. You know, they gave Brad Stevens time again. Brad was inheriting a rebuilding team. Doc Rivers he inherited. They were pretty rebuilding. Patino was a whole different issue, and that was in the late 90s before I even started following the team. Yeah. But they have shown to be loyal to guys, so Yudoka is at least going to get a fair chance to yeah, – yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like Brad Stevens, like, sucked. Like, it's not like yeah. he was just a god-awful coach. Yeah, and, three times and, in four years is no disappointment. And, yeah, like, he, he was about to make the finals <laughs> in 2017 when was, you know, was that? it was a game seven. It was the last LeBron year Yeah, so 20, 2018. So, Kyrie, their best player, because it was young Jason Tatum, uh, yeah. their best player wasn't even playing, and yet they forced LeBron to a game seven. Um, that that was big, you know? So, it's not like, you know, Brad Stevens couldn't coach or Brad Stevens could never really bring Boston up. You know, the East is getting a little bit better with Milwaukee, with Philly, uh, Miami last year. Um you know, and other teams on the rise like Brooklyn, Atlanta, and other teams. So I think Boston, you know, like I said, if they get another dude, you know, another like super, you know, B plus or better player, they can be contenders in the East, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the next head coaching move, as Christian alluded to earlier, 
is a pretty surprising move, in my opinion. Rick Carlisle, he was in Dallas. He decided, you know, he's had he's been in there for a while. Uh, kind of wanted to go separate ways, and he's gonna be go join Indiana, where I didn't realize this at all because again, before I started watching basketball, I, I sometimes know the coaches where they coached before, but I didn't know this at all. Uh, but um, Carlisle began his career coaching, well, actually with the Nets, but he was coach for assistant coach with the Pacers during Larry Bird's brief coaching tenure. Uh, he left to Detroit, and then after Detroit, spent time as the head coach of the Pacers. That is Rick Carlisle. He was the Pacers head coach, actually, during the infamous Malice at the Palace game against Detroit, which is ironically was his former team. So he has coached the Pacers before, um, unceremoniously got fired from that gig. Um, okay, different circumstances now. Carlisle went to Dallas, won a championship there. But again, he's had first round exits and missed playoffs every year since that championship run. And the Pacers, as we've discussed before, middle of the road team, just get back to the playoffs if you're the Pacers. McMillan got fired because he couldn't get past the first round. Uh, I think they'll be patient with Carlisle at least this time around. You know, let him get some guys in. You know, there was just a lot of dysfunction towards the end of the last season involving their former coach. So I'm not normally a fan of retread hires where you bring a guy back who's a former head coach. But I think this one can – depends on what you define as work, but I think this one can work. I don't think a championship's coming anytime soon. But I think he's the guy that can get Indiana back on track to getting to – competing in that four and five range in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, maybe every once in a while get to the second round. Uh, I'll go Dalton first on this. Just uh, your takeaways from the uh, Rick Carlotte Indiana news. Um. What can you say, man? Like that's ah, this is the NBA, the uh, the league where, well, like every other sports league, um, so you just got to go back to places where you've done your coaching before. Like that's some coaches do that. Um, credit the Pacers for you know looking out and. Um, seeing that there was an opportunity to reunite and they took advantage of it. Um, he's an above 500 coach, uh, coach career. Uh, like that's his career record, career average. Um, so I think, I think obviously they're not getting a terrible coach, um, but this is going to be interesting how he uses DeMontis Sabonis and Miles and Miles Turner. Um, because you know Sabonis has been a, been a great player, great player. Last time Rick Carlisle had a great forward, he won a title. Just gonna throw that out there. Okay, it, it wasn't you know, I mean he had Jason Kidd, sure, but you know, Dirk, Dirk was the Dirk was the star. So, um, I would love to see how he uses those two big men. Um, with the Pacers, um, but you know, it 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 never hurts to go back to old places to um, to see what you can do uh, again with so many years of experience. Um, I mean, when he when he started, he was. I mean, he was. It was. I think. I think. I think it was 1989 as an assistant. Um, he didn't actually start coaching the Pacers until. Oh three, and they didn't. I mean, Spence, you 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 said it yourself. I mean, they didn't 
I mean, the only thing we remember him for was Malice in the Palace. So I don't remember him. He was just the coach at the time there. I mean, he was just the coach, but that's I mean, that's the one thing that we remember is the Malice in the Palace. Um, uh, I think I think now he has he has he's won a title and he's got all of that experience, years upon years upon years upon years of experience under his belt. And so now I think you know, I, I'm just excited to see what he does. To- and uh, bring them back to um, glory what they had because there's been so few, so few um, coaches with Indiana to actually bring them uh, from the depths, essentially, uh, up to uh, the finals, for example, or even the conference finals. I mean, Larry Bird, Larry Bird was one of the few. Granted, he had Reggie Miller, but you know, what's a great player without a great coach? So, um, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, real quick before I go to Christian uh, for his thoughts. Uh, his two years in Detroit, he was conference semifinals, lost in the conference finals in 03. And then the following year after he was fired from Detroit, they won the NBA championship. So I'm not saying it necessarily bodes well for uh, Dallas because when he left Indiana, Indiana didn't go win a championship the next year. But, uh, you know, it, it has happened before. He left Detroit and they won a championship. Uh, Christian, your thoughts on Rick Carlisle, you know, leaving Dallas to go to Indiana? Um, I thought it was really weird. You know, Rick Carlisle, you know, he wanted to leave Dallas. And I thought, you know, you got Luka Dantich, who may be, you know, kind of, you know, this upcoming generation's LeBron or even better. Um, you leave it out for Zingas. You've got a lot of good talent in Dallas. You know, given, yes, they did lose to the Los Angeles Clippers um, in the first round, it was still seven games. And right now, he could possibly be coaching for Dallas if they beat L.A. And, you know, if Utah would lose to, you know, lose in the uh, semifinals, Dallas would be coaching. You know, he would be coaching right now with Dallas in the conference finals. Uh, But with Indiana – you know, we all kind of agree it's a middle-of-the-road team. You know, their goal should be let's get to the playoffs. Let's possibly get, you know, to the second round. Because I don't think, you know, this is not a championship roster. You know, yes, Sabonis, very good player. Uh, Miles Turner, amazing player. You know, they got Malcolm Brogdon, who, you know, he was the second, third guy in Milwaukee with Middleton. I and, think uh, Brogdon's I- contract may be up, though, I think. Thing. I could be wrong on that though. I thought he had, I thought he had one more year, but you know, he might go either way. Say, you know, say he has one more year. You know, you got a good team around. Uh, you got you know Brog Brogdon, Levert, you know du- uh, Dougie McDermott, who's a good sixth man, seventh man coming off the bench. Uh, and like I said, Sabonis. None of these guys are superstars. Uh, you, I don't think you can win a championship with these guys, even though. They're all really talented. They're all NBA players. There's no star in Indiana. So, you know, I'm glad he's going back to Indiana, you know, his former team. And I think he could, you know, do something with the Pacers and, you know, bring them back into more playoff glory um, in the future. But I just thought my main takeaway was it's really weird to – you want to get out of Dallas, whether he had a problem with Mark Cuban or a problem with uh, people up top. 
it was just really wild to see Rick want to leave. But I think with Indiana, he can do real well in the East. And I think the main goal is just make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dallas, he leaves. So naturally, the head coach of vacancy becomes open. And the uh, Mavericks, it was an interesting uh, turn of events because they also had their GM step down the day before. Maybe that contributed to something of a factor with Carlisle when he leave. We'll never know the full details of that, probably. But uh, they ended up going out and hiring. They had to make sure the head coach GM were both on board with each other. For head coach, they hired Jason Kidd. For GM, they hired Nico Harrison, who was an exec with Nike. So, I mean, I think that bodes well for – it's interesting to, uh, change of scenery for Nico Harrison. So, I'm not, I don't have much thoughts on that. But with Jason Kidd, um, I think – I mean, I don't care one way or another. So I'm not going to say I hope he does well. I don't want anyone to fail, that's for sure. But Jason Kidd, he was, you know, he played in Dallas for part of his career, that began his career in Dallas, and then came back to Dallas, won a championship in 2011 on that roster. Um, he started his career in Brooklyn as a head coach, spent one season there. Then uh, he wanted too much uh, authority, so he went over to Milwaukee after that. And, you know, he developed Giannis to a degree. So, he, I mean, I'm not going to say he was – I mean, like, he's coached Giannis at one point. Now he's coaching Luka, who, you know, is the new – soon could be the face of the league. I think the Lakers was a good thing for him. I think he kind of rehab, rehabilitated his image a bit. Uh, he won a championship last year, unfortunately, being Christian's heat. Sorry about that, to bring that up, memory. I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, he spent time as an assistant coach in L.A. under Frank Vogel. Uh, I, I think his image has been rehabilitated. But, also, you're coaching Luka Doncic, which – Again, Carlock couldn't get out of the first round, but they also had to go against the Clippers and Kawhi both times that they had Luka. So it's not really uh, fair for that criticism there. But you know, Kid has coaching experience. Depending on what, how you view uh, Richard hires, you can be disappointed. But I think his image has been rehabilitated. But I think they, I think they could have maybe got a better coach. But dude, having that experience, I think, might be what that roster needs in Dallas. Uh, Dalton, your thoughts on Jason Kidd going back to Dallas? Um, I was, I mean, this is, this could be, this could be, um, one of the better moves that Mark Cuban could have made. Um, I don't know though, because, you know, history shows us that, you know, Jason Kidd, albeit, he he did he did develop well I don't know I shouldn't say he did develop I'm sure Giannis had some motivation into that too Spence but I mean, he um, was he uh, had to play some kind of factor some sort of factor but I don't know man it was sort of one of those things for like Jason Kidd when he was the head coach with the Bucks and head coach with the Brooklyn Nets I mean they were doing all right but were they actually in the east like now that this guy is in the west the west is really tough like I mean you're all too I'm having Dawn cut out a bit I don't know blew a lead to the Clippers which Dallas, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good now. Can you hear me? Okay. 
Dallas blew a lead to the Clippers. Fellas, the Clippers might get eliminated tonight by the Suns. Okay, if Jason Kidd can't fix the Mavericks or get them past the second round with Luka, who might who is who basically is on his way to being a future Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, and really, this is going to be a test for Nico too, because Nico's got to go out and do his job and really find some players to surround him, to surround him as in Luka Doncic. With some shooters. And some playmakers um, who, you know, can lift that team to a a higher level. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, the upside, like I, I, I mentioned earlier, Larry Bird returning to his former team and taking them to the finals with a, with a shooter and a, and, a, and, a, and a guard who is legendary. It could be something like that. Um, I don't know, man. We're going to have to see because, uh, you know, history tends to repeat itself. I'm not sure if uh, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong. That you know, maybe maybe you know Jason Kidd, that Lakers experience has helped him turn over a new leaf with that experience and um, uh, really learning learning from good coaches, being an assistant for a while. But um, uh, you're gonna have your hands full, especially especially. I mean, LeBron's still in the conference. Um, Dame still in the conference. Uh, Kawhi, Paul George, Chris Paul, the Suns. I mean, Devin Booker, the Suns. I mean, it's. I mean, they're gonna they're they're gonna have to really, really, really um, pick it up, pick it up this off season, uh, and figure out what they do best and stick with that. Yeah. Christian, your uh, takeaways from Dallas going with Jason Kidd for their new head coaching position. To me. This is the worst hire of the four. No, I legit think like I think this is the worst uh, hire so far. Just because I mean, th- I think this is because to me, we have seen Jason Kidd coach. We've seen him in Brooklyn. We've seen him in Milwaukee. You know, when he was assistant coach for LA, you know, whatever. It was big news, right? I don't, like, and I think it'll help because it's Luka Doncic and Porzingis is really good as the number two. And, you know, they still got Seth Curry and they got other pieces there. Uh, Josh Richardson, you know, they got pieces there to help Dallas win. But from a coaching standpoint, like, we've seen Jason before. I mean, we've, you know, his best season when he was a coach was in his Brooklyn days when he was 44 and 38. That was that was win percentage. They had KG and Pierce on that team, too. Actually, I think they might just had KG on that team. In 2013-14, yeah, I think. Or that, maybe, yeah, that was the KG Pierce year. Yeah, I was going to say, that's KG Pierce. So, it's like, it's like with talented guys, he could win. But, I mean, if not, I don't trust him. And, my like, God, oh, he's above 500 coach um, and all this stuff. But – to me, he's never really proved, okay, he is, 
you know, there's a reason why he was fired from two different, you know, jobs. You know, he's not the greatest coach. You know, he's not a bad coach. I'm not saying, like, he, he can't win at all. But we've seen this story before. And with a talented team, talented team like Dallas, how far can you really bring them? Like uh, Mike Dalton mentioned, if they can't get past the first round with Jason Kidd, I mean, they're just going around in circles and wasting Luka Doncic's time. Because Doncic could go to, you know, a really good coach, you know, say like Doc Rivers and Philly. Or he can go with a superstar, you know, hopefully, like, I don't know, a team in South Florida um, where it's like it's the opposite of cold. What's that team? Oh, yeah, the Miami Heat. That would be a awesome, awesome time if Luka does, doesn't sign the Supermax or whatever. There's only one um, ball, Christian. I'm just I know I'm, I know there's one ball, but I don't mind if it's Doncic, Jimmy, Big Bam Bam. I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like Jason Kidd, you know, he's a good coach. I'm not giving him any, you know, I'm not discrediting him for what he's done and his accomplishments in his career and as a coach. But at the same time, you know, he's you know He's a good coach, but I don't think this is going to make Dallas next tier level. I just don't. L.A. Uh, – not the L.A. The West is very talented. You know, Golden State may get Klay Thompson back. Who knows? He may tear something else, you know, a week before the season starts. And that stuff. I, I know, but, like, injuries have caused Golden State to stay back a little bit. You know, you got the Lakers coming back with LeBron. You got uh, the Suns who are getting better. You got the Jazz who are getting better. You know, you got the Clippers. You've got other teams. Portland, maybe, with Chauncey Billups. Um, You've got other teams in the West to really deal with. And I don't think Jason Kidd elevates Dallas to that next level where they should be with Luka. So, you know, I wish him the best of luck. But to me, of the four hires so far, I mean, this is one of the worst, in my opinion. I mean, I, I tend to agree with that because uh, the other hire that we're going to get to in a second, Chauncey Billups, who he's still an assistant coach with the Clippers. I I believe he was still on the sideline. I don't see why he wouldn't be on the sideline. Well, of course, that series, as Dalton said earlier, and we'll get to in a bit, could be wrapping up tonight as the Suns lead 3-1. But Chauncey Billups, you know, he's played in his career for seven different teams. Somehow one that was not the Portland Trailblazers. So this is going to be a new team for him to uh, join. Uh, Chauncey Billups, as a player, very successful. 04 was the Finals MVP that year. It was a five-time All-Star. So, yeah, he had a very good career. He just got into coaching this past year, spent one year on the Clippers' sideline. So, okay, he he has, a, he has the player playing experience. Coaching, not so much, but we saw last year Steve Nash got hired seemingly out of the blue with no coaching experience. Jason Kidd went straight from retirement to – coaching in the NBA. Same thing that Derek Fisher did. Fisher didn't last long. Um, so, it's going to be an interesting hire, but Portland, if they keep Damon CJ, I think it's going to work out really well, having Chauncey Billups on that roster, but there's a lot of things behind the scene that um, is still to be determined. Like, does Dame really want out? Yahoo reported that he could be seemingly trained that way. There's been reports CJ could be trained out. So, there's a lot of things um, a lot of semi-dysfunction maybe that could be going on behind the scenes. But uh, I think having a 
guy like Chauncey Billups on the roster, if they keep both them for the next year, which I hope they do because the team's fun together, yeah, I think he can bode really well for Portland uh, going forward. Dolan, your thoughts on Chauncey Billups going to the Portland Trailblazers? Um, I think it's a it's a good move for Portland. Like you said, you got to keep your players, obviously. Um, this is going to be his first Dave Coley situation, too. honestly. You know what I mean, it's Dalton? A, it could, it could... Dave Coley, he goes to the Texans thinking it's Deshaun Watson, and then Watson gets traded or decides to hold out. Yeah, like, it, it's it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, are we sure that the pieces are still going to be there? Like, yeah, you don't want to screw the guy over. Like, that's – sure, hiring this guy is going to be great. And, you know, he's one of the f- – to add success to the Pistons as a player. But, you know, like, you gotta still have your pieces. Like, if you don't have Dame, you're finishing really well. Like, you're contending for the lottery. Unless there's something that we don't know, that Chauncey Billups is just, like, this genius of a coach from learning one year under Ty Lue. Or learning with Tyloo, um, and that like he's got something up his sleeve uh, that we don't know about. But you know, sure, it's good if Dame comes back and plays. It's good if Portland goes out and gets a great free agent and pairs him with Dame and CJ. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It all depends on uh, what happens with the Portland Portland Trailblazers roster. Um, that sort Jimmy of Lillard was very vocal. He wanted Jason Kidd, and Kidd, I think after that, it's like, no, nah, I don't really want to go. I think it's too uh, much of a flag there. Or it could be, can, uh, you know, clouding some judgment with that. Yeah, and all too, like, you got to think about market, like, Portland's market, who's going to go there, like, voluntarily to sign, like, to sign with the Trailblazers? Like, who's going to go there? Not very many, unless you can break the bank. Uh, People are more likely to go to Dallas or Los Angeles or New York, Philly, Boston. Like, those those big big markets as opposed to Portland, Seattle. I don't know, like, oh, I mean, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the Thunder were able to bring in free agents. Like, it's it, you got to think of like. Well, you're often, gonna bring in free agents. Forget to have a roster of four guys. But I mean, also we we forget about like there's like the market size has something to do with it too. Like nobody's gonna go. No, I, I can't – I mean, this may just – you know, I'm getting a little bit off, you know, the sport of basketball here, but there have been very few players unless you have a winning culture like, I don't, I don't know, Seattle, the Seahawks, for example. Like, Russell Wilson turned that team into a champ, right? And everybody wanted to come play because Russell Wilson was making that team into a contender year after year after year. But if they stink, the weather stinks, and the team stinks, nobody wants to play there. Nobody wants to play there. So, I mean, it, as long as as long as you keep the players, uh, I mean, this 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 would be a good first start for Chauncey. 
Yeah. Uh, Christian, your uh, takeaways on the Chauncey Billup Trailblazers hire? Um, I think this is a good move. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about like the Dame situation, and uh, you know, could he get traded? Could he not? And, you know, Spencer, you kind of compare this to, you know, the David Coley situation with, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, like, Portland could, you know, Portland can make the playoffs and Portland could actually win games. Like, they were in the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. It's not like it's Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, without Deshaun Watson, is a ton worse. Like... Houston is just not a good team, not a good franchise, not well, you know, he they're not well run. Uh, and also, Houston is a much better city than Portland. Like, Houston is in a dumpster fire because of their former GM trading away their first, second, third round picks for a half-eaten cheese sandwich. Like, you're not going to do jack in Houston. Like, it's good comparison because they may leave. But it's not like CJ can't play. It's not like Nurkic can't play. It's not like any of these guys in Portland are just god-awful. Like, J.J. Watt left. That defense is a ton worse. Deshaun gets traded or whatever happens with the allegations uh, in the investigation. That offense is a ton worse. Houston is just not going to be good. Houston may have the first overall pick next year. You know, we're top five at ver- at the most, top five. Um but they, in Portland, you know, Chauncey Billups is going to make, I think, this team better. I think Chauncey and Dane should have a conversation, see where they can go. I know he wanted Jason Kidd. Uh, that was his, you know, that was his guy. And maybe Portland should have went after it. But after Jason, kind of like, oh, I don't want to coach there anymore, they had to make the tough decision to move on and hire who their best choice was. Um, like I said earlier with Boston, to me, you know, this is the second best team on, like on the, on the slate with the, of the seven vacancies. And I think, you know, besides Boston, this is the best team that a coach wants to go to. Uh, and like on sale, like it's not a free agent destination, LeBron, Kawhi, like other big stars, they don't want to go there in Portland, but at the same time, it's not like this, you know, team has got off or the trash or anything like that. It'll be better. Um, I think they can make the. I think they can contend for the playoffs in the West. I don't know if they can contend for a championship, especially if Dame leaves. But if they try and get another kind of B plus player, like I said in Boston, they could do real well in the Western uh, playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's a playoff roster. They've been to the playoffs for a, a bunch of years in a row. Uh, the only head coaching vacancies, as we've kind of alluded to, I'll say before we go on to a couple other news and notes around the league, is the Magic, who I just read, I think it was Sham Sharania tweeted out, that Penny Hardaway, University of Memphis' head coach, uh, interviewed for that position. Of course, Penny played for the Magic. That'd be an interesting um, deal. Maybe he'll bring Shaq on the sidelines. I doubt that if that was the case. That just was a joke to make. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Washington Wizards. Uh, we'll see how those hires go. And again, we'll break it down when they do officially announce those hires. Um, real quick, before we go to our playoff update, uh, I do want to say that this is the reason we didn't do a show last week. I wanted to push it off a bit because of this event, which isn't necessarily a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But the draft lottery was last week, and 
Kind of a surprise, Detroit, the Detroit Pistons, won the NBA draft lottery. So, presumably, they're going to take Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State with the first pick in the draft. But yeah, we'll see how that goes down a few months. But congratulations to the Pistons. And uh, it's not a bad team. They had the seventh pick last year and took um, Killian Hayes. They also uh, traded for Sadiq Bey, who was on one of the all-rookie teams. I think it was – I think it was first team all rookie. So they have a young roster coached by Dwayne Casey, who has been coach of the year before he was with Toronto. So if they get Cade and, uh, you know, Casey, as I said, he was in Toronto. He built that team up and, and unfortunately he got fired because he wasn't doing a lot because partially because LeBron and they went a championship the first year after he leaves. So, but he, again, Dwayne Casey still was, had played a factor in building that roster. So uh, I think if Casey gets Cade Cunningham, has all signs point to, that can be a really good um, roster in a few years. They can get a free agent to go there, which it's going to be hard because Detroit, just in general, their sports teams have not been good lately. But that's an aside. Christian, your uh, thoughts on the Detroit Pistons win the draft lottery this year? Um, It's really big for Detroit just because – Nothing has really gone right in Detroit sports in a very, very long time. Uh, Detroit did make a little bit of noise several years ago when they had Blake, when they had prom Reggie Jackson. Uh, we're not really prom, just really good Reggie Jackson. Um, and Portland seemed like they, you know, they were on the right track and doing some, you know, making some noise in the East. Uh, but with them right now, I mean, their team is kind of a dumpster fire like Detroit teams. Uh, sorry, Lion and Tiger fans of anything out there or uh, Red Wing fans for hockey. Uh, but Detroit definitely needs kind of an upgrade. And thankfully, uh, they have an opportunity to really get. Now, I haven't seen a lot of this draft class. I don't know much about it. Uh, I probably should do more research uh, before the draft happens, which is like end of July, right? Yeah, I think 28th, 30th, around that time. It's late July, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, this, this team, I mean, you look at the starting lineup. I mean, Killian Hayes, Wayne Ellington, Corey Joseph, uh, Sadiq Bey, uh, Jerrain Grant, Mason Plumley. They really don't have a ton of, like, like B players, honestly. I think the best player starting lineup-wise is uh, – Grant or Mason Plumley, and that's really it. I mean, Jeremy Grant did just say he's going to join the Olympics team for this year, so yeah, he's an Olympian. Yeah, you know, he's not. A, you know, of course, like NBA players, like everyone says, like, oh, you know, this player is terrible in the NBA. Like this team could, like anybody on the Detroit Pistons could absolutely whoop any intramural basketball player one on one. Did you say intramural? Uh, yeah, intramural, whatever, or okay. just like any any player. Like, anyone who's like, oh, I can definitely beat this guy. No, you can't. Uh, these NBA players can play, but NBA, when we're thinking NBA level, they're not, like, superstars or whatever. So, anyway, for Detroit, um, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, they may not get – they may trade the first round, first overall pick. You know, just start the rebuilding process. Whether you, you know, get an 18-year-old kid or you trade for, you know, kind of a, a higher-level dude, whatever you do, Hopefully they make the right decision and they, and Detroit can start rebuilding uh, their franchise up and possibly do some do something next year in the East. So it's big for them. I'm you know I'm happy for them. You know of course Miami doesn't have a pick, 
because we we gave it to our good buddies over in Oklahoma City. Appreciate but, it. Yeah, no problem, bro. Um, but you know, we'll see what Detroit does, and hopefully, you know, they make the best decision for their franchise going forward. Yeah, Dalton, uh, your reaction and thoughts on the Detroit Pistons win the lottery? I know you were hoping that some match could go the Thunder way and they could get the first pick and then the fourth pick from Houston because Houston had a top four protected pick. Unfortunately, Houston got second overall uh, if you're a Thunder fan, it's unfortunate. For Houston, it's a good thing. But uh, just about Detroit specifically, Dalton, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, great. I mean, great. Good job. Let's give a special congratulations to Detroit uh, for winning for winning the lottery. Only thing that they're winning every year. Um bad for Cade they have good I mean the Pistons they have good pieces but I don't know man like it's I mean Cade's gonna have to do some heavy lifting man he better he better he better go ahead and just hit go ahead and just hit the gym shortened off season he's gotta work those back muscles because he he's like be carrying the entire team the entire year um, I think he's gonna be one of those like you know good player, bad team, like good stats on a bad team kind of player for the first. That few was, years. I mean, that was that was that was Dame for a while. Damian Lillard. Yeah, there's a lot of players that have Anthony that. Edwards, 20, 2013, 2014. Yeah, Anthony Edwards last year, rookie of the yeah. year. Lamelo's rookie of the year, but yeah, um, I don't know, Spence. Detroit's a different animal. They specialize in losing. Like it's. Like you know, you know, like the phrase "at least we're not Detroit." Yeah, like that's. I mean, that's the. I mean, there's a reason that it's. I mean, people and people know it like that. Um, mm, I don't know. I hope. I hope that they can, you know, fix it, fix their uh, losing ways. But um, yeah, congrats on winning the lottery uh, for the second straight year in a row. Um, they didn't win it last year. Yeah, in Minnesota, two out of three years. They didn't. No, they haven't they won it two years ago. That was a good uh, lottery. Yeah, that was New Orleans. Yeah, where are you getting your information? two out of the four oh, years? That was no, you're in. Uh, bro, we can go back. Uh, you're not bro. right. Hey, bro, I'm just you're quizzing not, you're you. You're not right. right. You're not winning this conversation. <laughs> I'm just quizzing you all right now. I'm no. glad you all can. Remember your draft lotteries because I don't remember mine. Obviously, the only hey hey bro, the only reason I wanted to watch the draft lottery this year is because my team was in it. Usually, my team's in the playoffs. I'm just gonna leave it like that. But neither, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think really this this whole this whole thing uh, and destroy winning the lottery and all it's. It's poetic, and uh, I don't know. Best of luck to uh, Cade and the Pistons. Now, oh, what if the Pistons don't Cade? I That's another story for another day. They might go Jalen Green, but I don't see them not. I mean, if they were not interested in Cade, I think they'd trade down like Boston did a few years ago when they were not interested in Fultz. Traded down, yeah. took Tatum three. But, I don't I think mean, it's going to happen now, but. Uh, uh, fellas, watch out. Uh, I mean, anything can happen. It's going to be crazy. It, it, like, literally, like you said, anything can happen. Um, 
I'm going to be on the lookout for that. You know, like you said, Boston traded down before. Um, I'm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who actually goes. Kate's going to go first. Kate's going to go. I mean, he, he's, he is the most NBA ready out of all of them. But, you know, we know when it comes to drafting, you draft for need sometimes. Um, and then different different uh, clubs have different top players. So, yeah, you know. we'll get our, okay, we'll do our draft discussion as the draft is closer. So mm-hmm. I don't want to much time on the but, draft right now. No, no, absolutely not. Why would we want to do that? That's a terrible yeah. idea. Because <laughs> we got some playoff updates to uh, go around. It's been a while, so I don't even think the conference finals even started by the last time we recorded. But uh, it's been a while. But as of now, uh, you know, there's a game, or, you know, it's almost eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, in about an hour or so, the Clippers and the Suns will tip off. Suns up three games to one, one game away from getting Chris Paul to his first ever. NBA Finals, Jay Crowder can go back-to-back NBA Finals uh, one year in the East, one year in the West. I, I would love to see that because I love Jay Crowder. That's been noted before, how big a fan I am of his. Um, and I just saw that Ivica Zubats is going to be out for the Clippers, another uh, loss for the Clippers. So, uh, everything's going in Phoenix's favor, it seems. So terrible. But, again, the last game was the 84-80 game where – no one could uh, seem to score at all for that last few minutes of that game. Maybe last like six minutes it seemed. Uh, I think I was. I mean, I heard the eighty-four points that Phoenix scored was the lowest point total by a winning team all season this year. Um, so you know, everything just seems to be going in uh, Phoenix's way. They're playing at home tonight. Kawhi's still out. I mean, unless Paul George. Goes off for 40-plus. I, I think the series ends tonight. I think we're going to be looking at uh, Phoenix and NBA Finals this year. Um, I'll go Dalton first. Just your uh, thoughts on this whole series. I mean, oh, by the way, I didn't mention that Jay Crowder passed Aiden for the dunk that's been dubbed the value. It was one of the best plays all playoffs I've seen. But, Dalton, take the series anyway you want, however you want to discuss it. Love it. Love it. Fellas, I said Suns in five before the series started. He did. Tonight. We didn't do it on the air, but Dalton does have that. I can back back him up on that. Appreciate it, Spence. I love the backup. Love the back. But the time in which I will get a series number and correct. I would like, like to send up a quick prayer real, real quick. If you guys want to join me. <laughs> All right. Just real quick. Uh Let's, let's, let's go ahead and thank the Lord for uh, our sports knowledge and being able to uh, predict either terribly or flawlessly. There's no in between. And um, and um, hopefully Chris Paul, first NBA. Because... Uh, Everybody is finally learning that he is a top five point guard of all time. And, uh, you know, like we, like, you know, Spence mentioned, Jay Crowder, uh, going, going back to the NBA finals, DeAndre Ayton, the next best center. But, um, amen. Amen. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Now, 
fellas. Uh, Clippers had a great ride. The Clippers had a great ride. But um, I, I think I think the Suns are just they're they they just they just fit well together so great. Um, the chemistry is outstanding. I thought, you know, despite the chemistry that the Clippers were going to take at least one game because, you know, stars seem to shine here and there, you know. Um, home team takes one. Um, but even then, even then, I think, I think Phoenix dominating on all facets of the floor. I think, I think it was just, it's, it's going to be too much for the Clippers. And with Zubak being out tonight, his father, DeAndre Ayton is going to take over. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure any, if, 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 you know, if anybody can stop DeAndre Ayton, he's shooting an astounding 70% from the field. Can you imagine Shooting seventy percent from the field. Well, you're shooting mostly from the paint. It's not improbable. Yeah, it's... Imagine that. It's seventy percent, fellas. It's guys, from the... it's from yeah, the, the paint, fellas. Guys, guys, if you shoot seventy percent from mid-range in, that's like great. No, seriously, it's like that. I mean, it is sort of impressive. That's like shooting. 45, 50% from three-point range. Just as a, you know, that's that's really what it is like. So when Dame and Steph are draining threes, uh, give it to distance and different positions, but that's, you know, percentages, that's basically what it's like. 70, 80% in range like. And so, I mean, I don't think anybody can stop the pick and roll either. Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton pick and roll. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton pick and roll. Jay Crowder in the corner. You know, this year. On the flip side, for the Clippers, Tyron Lee. What a great job he's done for them this year. Paul George, finally, you know, turning back, turning back time to what he was before in Indianapolis. You know, really can't team. Uh, in in Kawhi. Kawhi's not being there. Um, um, you know, you, you can, can, I mean, you can. I don't know what's going on with Dawn's audio over there. Yeah, I think the Suns absolutely, absolutely win tonight. All right, Christian. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on the series? Uh, I think uh, you know the Suns actually just destroying the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I was wrong. I said uh, off, you know, off uh, the podcast. I said Phoenix in seven, just because. I was the same way too. Yeah, because I thought you know Kawhi is probably going to miss game one and game two. If he does come back, it could be a series. Um, turns out he's not coming back. It's you know it's I think it's gonna end tonight. Um, I I can't wait. You know I was a big um, I, like I'm a big Chris Paul guy this season, uh, especially this playoffs because you know he has had to do so much 
he was originally drafted by, um, I believe it was the Lakers or something, but something happened to where he had to get moved to Charlotte. And then he joined, and he joined L.A., but he had to join the Clippers. And then he got traded to go to Houston. It didn't work out with James Harden. And then with uh, Oklahoma City, yeah, they made the playoffs, but it wasn't a really good team. And now with Phoenix, with Devin Booker and with uh, DeAndre Aiden getting much better, Miles Bridges and company, Jay Crowder, um, this team could actually win, uh, could actually win the finals this year. And I'd be so happy for Chris Paul uh, majorly just because I think he's such a great player and one of the best point guards to ever play. Um, so, you know, I'm rooting for Phoenix tonight to beat the Clippers, and I'll probably be rooting for them to uh, beat either Milwaukee or Atlanta uh, in the finals this year. Yeah. Um I really I want the Clippers to win. I want the series to keep going on, but Devin Booker, despite having a broken nose, seems to not be deterrent on his end. Uh other series, Atlanta, Milwaukee, we've had some very entertaining games. Well, game two wasn't so much entertaining. But game one was very good. Atlanta wins at the end. Last night for about forty four minutes or so was very close and competitive. And then, you know, Milwaukee took over and just went ahead and finished. I think this series definitely can keep going on. I think Atlanta's got one more game where Trey Young, he's averaging 32.7 points according to the NBA's website in this series. I think he's got one more game in him that they're going to do everything they can and they're going to get the dub in that series to uh, to just keep it going on long. But, again, Milwaukee, I think it's too uh, – dominant i think they're gonna still advance to the finals but it's gonna be a very good series still so we're gonna go to christian first christian how do you uh just your overall thoughts on this hawks bucks series so i think with you know the bucks in atlanta uh you know milwaukee had a great game seven you know a great semifinal series against brooklyn um and i thought brooklyn was going to absolutely win that series i said game in our text message after what I thought was a three, but it turned out to be a two, and then it was like one of the worst OT, one of the worst playoff OTs I've seen in a while. I think. Oh gosh, like, that was terrible. I think it was like seriously like six to two. It was like, six to two because of those dumb free throws at the very end. Yeah, like I don't think it was many much scoring after that. But for Milwaukee, um, you know they they went out slow against Atlanta, and I thought, okay, Atlanta. Atlanta may win. Game two goes to Milwaukee. Kind of saw that coming. And in Atlanta, it was very close. It was very Atlanta-led heavy. And then Trey Young, you know, twists his ankle off the official's foot. Uh, he has a bone bruise. So it was questionable for tomorrow night, um, you know, in game four against Milwaukee. But I think he's going to – I think he can play – and if they, if Atlanta somehow wins this game, ties the series up, it, it's anybody's game. I think Atlanta could win, and you know I think Milwaukee could win. You know they're both, I think, right there. Um, they've all, they've had a lot of game sevens. You know, Atlanta. What was I'm trying to think? They played Philly in what was it six or seven? Uh, let me double check that real quick because they played a lot of games. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, because, you know, they did sweep Miami, 
know. Yeah, they went to seven. Atlanta beat Philly in seven. All right, so so Atlanta's played fourteen games going into this series. Um, Milwaukee had a game seven against Brooklyn, which was very tough. You know, they're playing less games because you know they swept Miami, like I said earlier. Great, but you know Phoenix. It was you know six games against the Lakers. They swept. Um, uh, who was on top of my head? Oh my God, uh, Denver. And then you know with this series, it's a gentleman sweep in five games against the Clippers. I think Phoenix is going to be the more fresh team uh, against whoever they play, Atlanta or Milwaukee, because this game could go to you know six or seven games. So I absolutely think. Um, you know, Milwaukee's going to carry this game, you know, the series out. Uh, it's going to be really tough, but, you know, for both teams. And, um, yeah, just can't wait for game four. Hope Trey Young plays because his, his playoff run has been super exciting. And uh, I just can't wait to see him, you know, compete more and possibly move Atlanta into uh, the finals this year. Yeah, so um... – I'm with you on that. I want to see the series uh, go on. I want to see it go seven. Uh, unfortunately, we've lost all his connect internet connection. Is uh, this been acting up and partially with Anchor? But either way, we still love Anchor. It helps us produce this podcast and everything. But sometimes you can't deal with the uh, connection here. So, uh, Christian, you have anything else you want to say before we end the show? Um, nothing much. I mean, I just can't wait, you know, for tonight. Um, I, I've really enjoyed these playoffs and, you know, I've had a discussion with other people outside, you know, our, uh, group on the podcast. And we think it's really interesting that, you know, the big names like LeBron, Steph, or, you know, Kobe or MJ, like none of them are in this playoffs, you know, the Spurs with Tim Duncan, you know, we're finally going to see new stars, new stars emerge. You know, we're seeing, you know, Giannis could get in his first finals. Trey Young can get in his first, you know, his first finals. You know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Sadly, Paul George and Kawhi don't think you're going to make it to the playoff, uh, make it to the finals. But we're seeing, you know, fresh blood, uh, possible, you know, going to win uh, the NBA championship this year. And, you know, it's so exciting and uh, just enjoy the moment. Yeah, again, very exciting playoffs. Uh, still a, lo- a little bit more action. I mean, we're winding down a bit, but still it's it's wide open this year. So um, thanks again for listening to Out of Bounds. I'm Spencer Brown. And I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks again for listening to today's episode. Enjoy the rest of your day.